0: Alright, so hey everybody, welcome to episode 10 of the Mr. Agreeable Podcast, I'm your host Anthony. Today's guest is a good friend, Omar Johnson. Uh, I met Omar when I went to start training at Spartan Fitness in Birmingham, kind of similar situation to our last guest, Matt Elkins, where uh, I came in late to the game, but there was a group of guys who had uh, young kids at the gym where... I brought my kids in and we just kind of fit right in. And uh, Omar and and the gang there just kind of took me in like family and started teaching me how not to be such a ginormous raging pussy. So uh, that's how (laughs) I met Omar. Um, Omar is uh, many things. One of the things he is that uh, is most pressing this week is he's a professional fighter, MMA. And uh, yeah, he's fighting this Saturday in Biloxi. Um, so yeah, uh, Omar, you want to just introduce yourself a little bit? Go from there.
1: Yes, so, uh, yeah, Miss Collins did a good job there, yeah, man. Like you said, my name is Omar Johnson. And yes, I'm a professional mixed martial artist, among things, uh, uh, other things as well. A uh, small business, security consultant, real estate investor, uh, full-time dad, husband, and, uh, I'm learning how to fish, man. That's my new hobby. So, uh, 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 yeah. add
0: on,
1: uh angler uh, to that title sooner or later, man, but.
0: <laughs>
1: i pretty
0: simple pretty much in a nutshell. Nice, man. Nice. Um, so you're your this podcast is literally the first one that I did any sort of prep for. And uh, the only thing I actually did, this not really count as prepping, but I'm gonna pretend it is, is I watched your fight between you and Matt Elkins this morning. Um when I oh, got out. That. that was that was one of the first things I did. And um I think when I watched it last I was so early in the martial arts world that I was fairly impressed but I've seen both of y'all fight since then and I've seen a lot of other fights and that it was it was kind of funny I'm not going to lie like I 100%. I can't <laughs> I can't imagine like so the first round Matt got on top of you and I I don't think I've ever seen you get on bottom like that and just literally do nothing <laughs> and i thought i mean that was amazing it was amazing to see you at that level given where you're at now like i mean i can't I, I honestly couldn't believe it it was pretty interesting and then same with matt like watching him you know especially when y'all got into the latter rounds it was, it was just kind of funny like he had he had nothing he tried to keep double-legging you and it just wasn't happening anymore <laughs> it was just it was just no, funny dude.
1: Yeah, man, that's, that's, I always tell people, like, despite the fact that we were, you know, that, that talented at the time, you know, that's still my toughest fight. They tricked for the fact that, you know, we got in there and we, we pulled everything we had out of each other. You know, we yeah. were both, you know, both ambies, just excited to fight. The crowd was live, man. And at, the point, at that point in time, we didn't know each other. You know, I was at the railroad at that point in time, and Chris, you know, Coach called me, he was like, hey, you're fighting a wrestler. Get your ass to the gym. I was like, oh, shit, a wrestler. <laughs> Oh, man, I, I was like, okay, good, not a problem. But that first double leg, once he got me down that first round, like I said, man, he mounted me. And, and I don't know. I think I ate at least 20, 30 shots to the face from mounting. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna quit, man. So I was more pissed off than anything heading to that second round.
0: Yeah, no, it looked like you were totally beat in the first round, and then you came out and handled some business. But it was still, it was still just kind of funny. Like given, given where I've seen, I, I see both of y'all at now. It's, it, it's actually. It's encouraging, really, for people like me who, you know, start out so bad and then we, you know, it's just kind of nice you to see to that, that somewhere you, somewhere. you go, do what? You have to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. That's that's really what I was trying to say. Yeah. So, um, like, on, on that note, like, I guess what I really want to know is, you know, as far as progressing, like, like. What I mean, I, I kind of know your answer is going to be like you just got to grind, but like, what what kind of mindset do you have when you, like, l- I mean, maybe you don't even bother, but like, do you ever look back at your old early kind of fights and, you know, see where you've come? Like, what what did it take to get there? And like, you know, what kind of mindset did you have to have to to grow like that?
1: Uh... Man, I watch I watch my fights all the time. Like I go back and I just like watching fights. I'll go back and rewatch them and, and yeah, like i watch man. Oh, my God, I can't believe that I was actually competing like this at one point. I actually found like my second amateur fight um, not long ago and I almost had to turn it off. I couldn't believe that was me. But it's funny, <laughs> back, man, it just because at that time I really thought I was, you know, somewhat decent.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's,
1: that's what's funny. But, yeah, man, uh, back to your question as far as like the mindset, man, it just – I wanted to get better, you know. I've been an athlete pretty much my whole life, and I had, and some of my biggest, you know, inspiration came from like Muhammad Ali, the Jerry Rice of the world, you know, Ray Lewis, those old guys, and and I always watched what they did off, off the field, you know, and off the court, outside the ring, and all they ever talked about was the work that they put in, you know. So I figured if it was good enough for those guys, you know, I might as well do the same thing, and you know, before you know it, you're you're better than what you were, you know. You just keep coming in, doing the same thing every day. Working on your craft, man. Despite how you feel, and you know, eventually you're gonna be able to tell the difference. I don't know if you remember when we first got started training. I told you, you know, a lot of people come in. At one point, you didn't know how to tie your shoe, but now you do it every day. Like yeah, you know,
0: it's repetition, man. Yeah, I think the thing with MMA that's different than tying your shoe, though, is that it's not <laughs> it's, it's it. It's not, it's, it's another person who's crushing your soul over and over, not just your, your failure to tie the loop. It's, it's both things. You're, you're sucking and the person is whooping your ass. Oh yeah, that's a different, that's a different situation
1: now. So as far as MMA is concerned, like, honestly, I think that's just a different, different species of person. You know, I don't, anybody asks me, like, hey man, I want to, because we, typically I try to tell them, no, don't do it. And they're like, well, would you do it? And I'm like, well, man, that's me. You know, I, I I wouldn't recommend it anyone else, but uh, kind of come as as Chris would like to say. So, so, yeah,
0: it, it is. <laughs> Why? So what? What is your reasoning behind that? Like not not recommending it to other people because I've I've talked to you quite a lot about doing an amateur fight, yeah. and There's never been a time where you've been super enthusiastic and been like, yeah, you should get into it. You know, which if I took it, if I don't know, part of me is like that's because you fucking suck, Anthony. Yeah, but the other part of it makes me wonder. Like you're, it's almost like protecting me. What, what is your, what is your thought there? Like, why don't you do that for people? it's a, it's
1: a sport, you know, at the end of the day. But it's a very gruesome sport. It's a very brutal sport, you know. And and the whole objective is to inflict pain or make the other person quit or beat them at the game. You know, some people go in there to win on points and you know win the match. But me personally, when I compete, my objective is to destroy you. And that's in basketball, football. Totally winks. We can be on a PS4. I don't care. Like my whole objective is to destroy you. So, you know, for me, like that's easy for me to get to that mind frame. Now, I'm not sure if a lot of people, other people, get that, you know, that mind frame. You know, as far as a uh, MMA standpoint, it, it looks cool from outside, but actually getting in there and getting punched and kicked on, you know, like it's it's different. You know, so I really, if if someone, if I can tell you, no, don't do it, 10,000 times, and you keep telling me that you are gonna do it, you. Basically, ignore you know what I say, then you know, then you want to get in there. But I would say this, you know, like Chris told me, when I first got started, there's a lot of fighters to know and 0, and 0 and 1, but you're never really going to know how you're going to react until you get in there. So, my thing is, I just try to keep you, like like you said, but protect you. Like, you know, yeah. even if I know you don't, you can, if I meet you up street, a guy I've never met before and says he wants to do the MMA, I'm like, man, don't do it. Like, you're putting your brain cells on the line. You know, if yeah. I could sing her down, trust me, I would be doing it. But it
0: just so happened, I. I can punch people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's no. I I always appreciate it, but I I am still, I it's still in the not even in the back of my mind. It's still up here in the front of my mind. I'm I'm running out of years to do do it once or twice. So if, I just well, then I want to get on it, man. And
1: if, and,
0: and, and if it takes place, just know I'll be there. And, yeah. Um, man, I'll hit the You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, just, I I need a. Uh, I, I just need to be in the right I don't I, I try to stay fit and I try to do everything that I that is required outside of needing, you know, a, a few other training partners which I don't I don't have, but I try to I try to stay uh working with that sort of thing in mind. So um, yeah, maybe was- maybe, we'll, maybe we'll see what happens. But yeah. So uh, you came you came from football at Sanford, right? And you hopped right into MMA. Like, what was that transition like? Like, what what made you what made you do that really?
1: Um, well, yeah, I started boxing when I was six, so I I did that um, pretty much all the way up to middle school. And at that point, you know, I started focusing more on football because I knew I could get a scholarship in football, and I really love football. So um, that's where I transitioned to. But once I got to college. I wanted to supplement my football workouts with something other than just going in the weight room. And I just happened to Google Boxing in Birmingham and I found Spark Fitness. I found two gyms at the time. It was Champions uh, in May and then uh, Spark Fitness. I went to Champions first and I sat down and talked to the guys. And, you know, it was, it was an okay conversation, but when I went to Spartan it felt more at home. And my first day there was a Saturday and uh, Jimmy Cooney was there, Marcus Bremish, Adrian, were pretty much the some of the old heads of the gym. And my first day there, uh, they said, "Hey, man, you want to spar?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not?" At the time, I was maybe like 215, 220, and Marcus was maybe 5'7", 155, 160. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna smash this dude." And he, <laughs> my, he beat my ass real good. And I said, like, "All true. right, on Monday." And after so I would literally leave football practice and go straight to the gym, trying for two or three hours, and I did that pretty much through my entire football career after that. After it was time to graduate, they asked me if I would like to compete. Why not? I love competing. And I feel like MMA is literally the purest form of competition. Like, if you're another man, locked in a cage, you're about to find out who's better, better man, period. Like, there's yeah. not football, not basketball. Like, this is you're about to find out for real. So, I couldn't turn it
0: down, man. Yeah. So, you did that, like, you literally trained. Football in the afternoon after classes, and then you went to Spartan afterwards, and train. I would
1: run before class, or have my weights, um, do class, do my football college workouts, college practice film the whole nine. As soon as practice over, grab my bag, I shoot to the gym from six to eight, eight to nine, whatever it may be. Like I didn't even notice it because and, like I have like I never got tired for real. So and I really wanted to learn, and once. Once I got beat up by Marcus, um, I knew I wasn't as good as I thought I was with the hand. And then I rolled with Howard, who at the time was over 50 years old. And he was like, hey, man, you want to roll with this guy? I was like, what's that? A Jiu-Jitsu. So I tried. And literally in my first 10 seconds on the ground, we ended up in the north-south position. I was like, oh, man, I don't want to do this. Get up. Get up. And uh, then he tapped me out like three times also. I was like, okay, cool, man. I need to learn this. And so, at that point, I was hooked. So, it was – didn't even – like, I'd be more pissed off if practice ran over and I missed going to the gym. Like, that's how into it I was. But I never – you know, a lot of people thought my uh, dedication to football wavered, but I'm a competitor through and through. So, I literally would give 100% football practice, then go to the gym and do the same for MMA, man. That's just, that's just how I am.
0: Wow. See, that's – see, when when – that's interesting, man. Like, I – my mind kind of tailed off there a little bit because I think about how strong you are. Um, you like when, especially like in the past when I've rolled with you and stuff, like there's a, there's a certain like, like you're, you're not a farm boy, but you've got farm boy strength. And uh, it's interesting because I think obviously listening to you there, you know, going to football and then going to MMA plus the weights and running, whatever it is you did in the morning. Like that—that that adds up to farm boy uh, behavior, pretty much the grind. So that makes sense as to some people get their hands on me, and I'm like, "How's this fair? Like I've been exercising my whole life, but you know, <laughs> there's, there's there's something something different between like getting out there and kicking a ball around every day and fucking actually grinding, which is what you were doing. So it makes sense. It, everything is earned. So What'd that's cool. That's cool. So, um, you, so you went through, uh, like in the last few years, you, you had a pretty awesome little run there with the beginning of your professional career. And then you had, I don't know, tell a little bit. I mean, I was there, but if you want to tell a little bit about your, you know, fun experience at the trampoline park and everything you've had since then, like, uh, how's that gone for you?
1: That was the beginning of a very transitional period, man. Like you're saying, I went on a run, so a lot of people don't realize when my, my amateur – this is not the first time I've been on a three-fight losing skid. Um, my first time as an amateur, I won my first fight. I lost three in a row. Um, I lost the fight. In, in the third fight, I lost to New Orleans. It was maybe like 1 o'clock in the morning, dude, and I couldn't even sleep. I drove all the way back to Birmingham, straight to the bar, and I was sitting <laughs> at the bar like five or six. And I'm not, not like I'm in there just getting wasted or anything like that. I just needed to be at the house. And I knew they would be open. So I went there, man, I was sitting down with my buddies at the time. He was training a guy named Andres. So I was like, bro, I'm never gonna lose again. Like nobody's gonna really have to beat me for me to lose. And at that point, that's when I went on like my twelve five winning streak. You know, so uh, fast forward to the trampoline part, man. I'm you know, everything's going well for me. I was six and as a professional and then I don't know, man. We ended up having a good time, next thing I know I hit my quad, didn't you know, pop, I think I broke my leg, but then I look down and everything looks fine, but then I attempt to get up and so I said, okay this is weird it's nothing else just like stop i've never been to a point where i felt like i was i always felt invincible if that makes sense and yeah. then for a tried to was take me down i was like oh shit like i can't really move like this is a problem so at that point like my brain just went all over the place and uh at that point man after that i was it was a little low period i guess i guess they would say i was quote unquote depressed if that's a thing but, but, I mean, I wasn't really going to go depressed, man. I just, I was at like a little, like a light loss spot, man. I don't really know what to do with myself because I'd always been an athlete. I'd never been injured. And this was a, like, this is an injury. Like, sure. Uh, as you know the story, man, like, you know, I was, you know, had the leg locked out of the couch for pretty much two months.
0: Yeah. You, know, you got time to sit back and
1: reflect and think on things. But uh, once that happened, man, uh, the first thing I could think about doing was trying to get back as fast as possible, you know. Cause I didn't want people to. Get about Omar Johnson, you know. So yeah. I hit himself, tried to rush back, and it took a fight against uh, Jaleel Willis for Bellator and uh, another wrestler. Um, at the time, you know, I was working at the gym full time, wouldn't train him properly like I needed to. I wasn't really 100%, but I like, am yeah, like, man, cool, I'm gonna fight. Because uh, so I tried to fight him as an amateur and it never came to fruition. I thought I would smash him as an amateur, I was gonna be the same as a pro, but I didn't have the proper training head to the fight. Went in that did a thing. He did what he needed to do. Got his win. I would like to run it back at some point. Then, yeah, man, I dropped two more after that. And at that point, I'm like, man, what's going on? You know. And that's what ended up, you know, helping me transition down to Mobile. But looking back on it, man, those three L's put me in the in the best spot like possible. Like I'm I'm in the best spot possible now in life. And it all started with that trampoline park. So I can't really complain too much.
0: That's crazy to think about. I mean, yeah. I, I, I suppose it takes uh. It's all about perspective, though you know you could easily choose to not look at it that way, but that ain't you, which is yeah man. probably a big part of why I keep up with you really because you're you've always been that way, really just I don't know you probably go home like anybody else and hang your head sometimes, but you're always always very positive and uplifting and you know, like keep grinding kind of attitude, which is just infectious, really, so I mean yeah, that's all.
1: Kayla, you probably need Kayla on this podcast too, man. She is to hear all my venting sessions. I like guess I do hang my head sometimes, but I don't. it doesn't last long. It's going to be like for an hour or two, I'm going to be real pissed off. And then after that, I'm probably going to be going to the gym or going to work out because I got to get it back some kind of way, man. So, like in all my L's that I took, you know, like Jaleel, Jonathan Pierce, who's in the UFC now, and Thomas Webb, the most recent one, you know, every one I talked to the guys, and I, I actually talked to them, you have after fight. Like, well, like even Jonathan Pierce. Um, he messaged me after, um, so I fought his second fight in Bellator and, uh, we still talked back and forth on Facebook here and there. And he actually messaged me right before, um, his UFC debut and said, thank you. Buddy. Are you thanking me, huh. man? Like, I should be thanking you. And he was like, what? What? But you lost. I was like, I did, man. But that helped I mean, that bookie went on my path. Like, that sent me home. Like, it brought me back down to Mobile. And then I heard his story, man. He told me, you know, he's like, I was honestly scared to fight you. He's like, but I went out there, and I wanted to win it. And after that win, man, he got invited out to the MMA lab, Trevor B. Henderson, and he went the series. And just oh, hearing nice. his story, I'm not saying that he's, like, not capable of doing anything other than fighting, but hearing his story, man, like, he needed that. Like, him getting yeah. that win literally changed uh, his life, changed his family life, everything, which, I mean, it is what it is. And, like, for me, it changed my life because at that point, that's when I had to reflect, like, man, what am I doing? You know, at the gym, I'm not training like I need to. Um, I'm not putting in hours I need to. You know, I, I need to make a change. So that's what sent me down to Mobile, man. And now everything's on the up and up. So it's crazy how sometimes you can take an L or a bad moment and put you in the right you – know, put you on the right path.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's great to hear, man. That's great for sure. Um, So, like, what is your training looking like now? I mean, you – I know – from the outside view, when you were at Spartan, you were always at the gym, but obviously you were doing a lot of coaching and stuff too. Like, how is it different now?
1: Um, man, so before you were at Spartan, like I would always be at the gym there, but I wasn't coaching. So I would literally be there training all day, every day, and then uh, transition to coaching, which I have no regrets about it because coaching is one of the best things I've ever done. It had, you know, mold me to the person I am today. But at the same time, me being the person I am, I never wanted to, you know, shortchange you all, you guys came in the gym. So I literally give 100% trying to coach and yeah. give it 100% coaching, then trying to train, you know, three or four hours after coaching for five, six hours, man, like it takes a toll on you. You know, So, uh, yeah, man, it's, it, it was tough, you know, but, but yeah, being at the gym, man, was, I had a blast being there, you know, but things change, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. So what do you, like, yeah, so what does it look like now?
1: As far as now, man, um, like, when I moved down to Mobile, uh, I always I, – I used to make trips pretty frequently going down to Biloxi to train at Allen Belcher's gym. Um, so they had a pretty good, you know, crop of guys. But just over the past few years, people pretty, pretty much were branching out. So now I train at uh, train uh, Mobile MMA, man. I go to Fort City. I train with some of those guys. I still go to Biloxi and train with a lot of lot of the gentlemen over there. Um, so just being in the sport for so long, man, you meet a lot of cool people a lot of people have gyms. So. I've been fortunate enough to be able to be welcomed to these gyms, man, and get different perspectives. So it's pretty cool rolling with different styles, transforming with different guys, you know, that I don't get to see on the regular. So um, the training has been, been pretty good, man. It's it's a lot different. Obviously, I have more uh, open open range to go train with different people and do different things now that I did in the past, which, uh, which has helped my game a lot, I
0: believe. Yeah. Do you have a head trainer now, or how is that going? I mean, last time – I'm no, it was your buddies, or that's what it looked like.
1: Yeah, man, so it's, like, uh, so my, my, my buddy Hollis, uh, man, we still work together, man. I've, you know, like I said, I've gone to other gyms, and, 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 and they're not the same, man. Like, you know, Chris has said a thousand times, there's no other gym like Spark Fitness. and He's not lying. Like, I've gone to the gym, I, I'm
0: like, ah, i am be honest, man. Like,
1: I go in and do a striking class, and and, and it's, 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 it's some stuff I see, and I'm like, ah, that's not right. Um mm-hmm. uh, it's, I'm cool, I'm all about learning, but if it's just, like, completely off the wall, man, I'm like, listen, like, that's, that's ineffective, like, that's far, and you can try that, and I'm gonna show you why it doesn't work, yeah, so, and then as far as, like, for me, having people in my corner, I'm, I'm not really big on having a knowledgeable guy, you know what I'm saying, it's good, having somebody that's, like, really knowledgeable, I need to have someone I can trust in my corner, because, at the end of the day, like, I've been doing this long enough, I'm not saying, like, I'm some world beater or anything like that, but, I mean, I know I fight, so, like, yeah. I, I need somebody in my corner, that's going to tell me if I'm a down the if score cause, if I need to do something like be personally, not necessarily, hey, uh, you know, get your hood something like that. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, by the time the person said it, we already right on to another transition. So, like, stuff right. like that is irrelevant, man. I need somebody I can really trust in my corner. But outside of Chris and the guys like Elkins and all those guys from there, man, it's, like, honestly, there's very few people that I really just trust to have in my corner because I don't nor people don't really know me like that. That makes
0: sense. They know me but they don't really know home that makes Yeah. Sense. Yeah. Uh last uh that fight I, I guess it was in Louisiana, your last one, right? Oh, I can see well. Yeah, yeah. Uh so I don't know if you were listening, but I was standing beside uh Matt Vaughn. He I mean, uh-huh. we were probably maybe ten yards outside the cage, but the whole place was fairly quiet and he was really loud, like instruct he was like instructing as if he was your coach. And I like could you hear him when that was going on? I can hear everyone.
1: Yeah. Voices yeah. that I automatically hear in the fights. So Chris, Elkins, Vaughn, like Eric, those guys, like I don't care how loud it is. It's I like my and my mom. My mom and Kayla, like I can hear those <laughs> six voices no matter what's going on in the fight. Like everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I, I, I get what you're saying. but uh, so yeah, I mean, that last fight, man, I was going back on it, looking at it. Like, I had took that fight after a year and a, a year of layoff, man. I didn't have any training partners. I wouldn't really train the like I wanted to. My biggest thing, I just want to get in there and knock the rest off again, man. And he was a cool guy, you know what I'm saying? So, I didn't really get to that killer mindset. I wasn't really in the mind frame I needed to be in that fight, man. But, once again, I yeah. was a learning experience. And uh, I'm looking forward to Saturday, let's just put it like that
0: yeah so mind frame like do you what do you do there like you know do you does it just something that turns on or do you is there some build up to that or how does that go
1: man in the past it was i was always in that i guess in that mode per se like i would literally train i didn't really have I didn't, you know how to, you have kids now so i can't be in like fight mode all day every day now with yeah. a five-year-old one-year-old at home but before them, like, man, I could be in it, like, all day, every day, like, it's, it's nothing, like, we can fight today, and then we can go eat lunch, we can fight again at lunch, if you want to, it's, it's whatever, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah.
1: But now it's like a, I have to, you know, split, split it, you know, for the most part, like, my mom, she does a good job of, you know, watching the boys, and keeping them over there when I'm getting close to fights now, uh, just because I can't be thinking about the fight and trying to talk to Kyle at the same time, so, like, I do a yeah. lot of business now, man, and, and I, I'm, I'm better at separate myself from family time, fight time now. But it's still there, you know? It's still there. Like my switch is is always on. Now I just know how to kind of like the Hulk, you know? I can control it. I can turn on what I
0: need. To. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do you in in the week like leading up to the fight? Are you are you on edge at all, or how's that? Yeah. Uh, if you ask me, I would say no. But if you ask people around me, I would say yes. Like. It, yeah. <laughs> Taylor would say yes, for sure, because like I'm small stuff agitated Like it's a little, it's not even a weight cut. Like I can tell I'm getting myself,
1: I'm, I'm getting closer to the fight because it's like I'm on edge. Like anything can possibly sit me over edge at any given point, you know. So pressure. <laughs> it's been a while since I felt it. I didn't feel that before T. Webb. I didn't feel that before you know John DePierce. Like those were just, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Bellator. This is. Uh yeah, I'm about to go
0: out here and do my thing, but now like I really want i like I feel it. I'm gonna go smash the cast there, so I'm looking forward yeah. to it. That's good, man. That's that's interesting. I do I, I mean, I didn't spend a ton of time around you in the last few years, but um when we went out to Texas, uh there was a few that you just I just remember you more being in a less of a dad mode back in the day than than you are when it's fight time, like you were more in a fight Fight mood, uh fairly often. I don't know if it was certain spirits that were around that we were consuming, but you know, I think uh. I think I think I managed to crawl up under your skin a few times with my sarcasm. Just oh yeah, man.
1: Good yeah, times. I mean, it, here's the ball, man. But like, you know, like, and when I'm in fight mode, like it's, it's it's different stuff that like get under my skin. And me, like I have a very even on a, on a good day, man, whether I'm in a fight or not, you know, like a fight's coming up. It's just like my personality I have, like, I don't know, man. We got two or three minutes to really just talk about something. And if it's not really going that way and I feel like the get getting, like, aggressive. And at that point, then I just so do you want to just get physical? Because so <laughs> I'm not going to go back and forth uh, with you. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and smash you and head on out. Uh,
0: Dude, you're funny, man. <laughs> yeah, it
1: was back in the day, though, man. But now I like good conversation. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's back in the oh – are boy. you sure it was back in the day? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it just depends on the person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny, man. Yeah. No, I, I just Uh. You're, – you're one of those people that I'm like, better Better to have as a friend, that guy. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and keep him on the good side. I'll push him to the limit at times, but uh, keep him on the good side. No, <laughs> nah, man, you my guy. Uh, keep keep dangerous people. And people. Me, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to keep all the dangerous people on my team for sure. That's a um, smart move, man. I did have another question before we talk about anything else. Um, the the gym like situation when you're a professional fighter and you know that you'll be training in the gym with people who aren't professional fighters what is, like, what's your expectation, you know? Because, I mean, for people who don't know, there's a few kind of big gyms out there where it's, like, basically catered to professional fighters only. And, you know, my my only experience in all the different gyms I've been in is, you know, you've got your competition team, but they mingle and intertwine with people who just walk in the door. Like, I, if you're in that situation... Like, what are you looking for as a professional fighter if you want to stay in that situation? I would imagine, I guess I, I ask because I would imagine that, you know, when you go to a, a gym or you're training in a gym like that, if there's enough scrubs in there that like, it's not going to be very good for you. So, like, what what at, like, what like level or what kind of, what what is your mindset there? Like, what are you looking for out of a spot like that, you know? I don't know if you even know what I'm Trying to ask there, just just kind of wondering, I guess, for a professional.
1: about about I guess more of a family friendly gym versus a, a fight gym? Is that more? Well, important?
0: yeah, I guess, yeah, you know, like just what do you like if you're one if it is a family friendly gym, what does it need to be to also be a, a professional fighter environment? Um, man, just
1: just a coaching, and just spreading, just being able to spread them out you know when need be like there's times when you know everyone can train together but when you have a group of professionals that's competing at a high level then you have to there are times in training where like there should be an instruction there should be like a a higher level and a higher expectation and some people shouldn't be allowed that like those family from your moment like at a certain time you know like Wednesday nights eight after eight o'clock you know I'm saying close turn the music on whatever it may be and then boom is all the you know the comp team yeah and then when it comes down to the individual training, you have enough coaches, then, of course, you can individualize and work with the professional athlete that has things coming up or they're working on a certain skill set. Because once you get to a certain point, man, like, yeah, you're always going to work the basics and the fundamentals, but there are certain things in your game that you have to fine-tune and work on consistently um, with another high-level person and or coach in order to get better. You know, the only problem by being in the family you from the gym is if, you, have, you don't have the, the, the right amount of coaches to be able to, or partners in able to, to do that, you know, and especially if you are the fighter and the, the coach at the same time, so then you really run into some problems, you know, so.
0: Yeah. So, stay away, like, as a professional fighter working on your career, you want to stay away from a coaching situation?
1: Uh, that's what I work re- I, I mean, I can't speak for anybody else other than myself, um, because, you know, some people, they, they're they all about it. Yeah, coaching helps them out. It helps them relax. But I'm not sure how they coach. I'm just talking about my style of coaching, you know, because for me, the way I coach, like I said, I'm 100% all in. And I actually, I really give a damn for the people I'm teaching, you know, get better or not, you know. So I I, I spend a lot of time on that. Um, yeah. So me personally, you know, going in and, and, and spending all my time coaching. I would recommend it for a professional fighter. If you're a professional, you need to focus on your craft, you know, If you want to teach, you know, like a couple of privates here and there part time, then that's cool as well. But that wouldn't be my coach, wouldn't be my primary focus if I can go back and do it all over again.
0: Right. Yeah. I was just wondering, because, I mean, obviously, when you were at Spartan, you had a situation where, you know, you guys, especially you higher level guys, were, you know, I guess Eric was just getting into the UFC and stuff, so, you know, he he was starting to taper off the coaching, but, you know, you, you higher-level guys were coaching, and you were, like, the, the foundation of everything that was being built at Spartan, but you were also trying to f- have a fight career, and um, now, well, I mean, when I go there, it looks like the people coaching, for the most part, aren't guys who are, you know, trying to fight at a high level, but I mean, I guess there's still some of that going on, but I was just wondering. I was just wondering. So as long as they keep it keep it separate and that there's a there's a real focus on the guys when when the time comes, you know, is focused on getting them better. Then then that's a good environment to be in, you would say.
1: Yeah, 100%, man. Like like my time at Spartan, like I said, it was it was the best thing ever. Like me coaching helped helped me out a ton, and all the people I'd have met, like yourself and. All the families, the kids that I got to work with, man, like it was a blast. Like leaving Spartan Fitness was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do on the planet. Then stand in front of the kids and tell them that I was about to leave. That so yeah. was definitely, at first I was like, oh man, it, it won't matter that much. But they like seeing their faces. man, I was like, God dang, dude, it's, it's tough, man. Yeah. You know, and I've been I, Spartan every day, you know. it's just, But I also wish, you know, wonder what my career would have been if I hadn't been coaching, you know what I'm saying, 12 hours a day and actually been training. Because a lot of those times, I'll be coaching like I probably
0: should have been training, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean it all works out like you said, that perspective. Yeah, yeah. Worked out, bro. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um as far as uh like when I think about MMA, I'm you know, this is this is my eleventh this will be my eleventh, hopefully presentable podcast to people. Um and a lot of the people I've had on are martial artists of some sort and uh so people know at this point that I'm obsessed with it but uh, one of the things that I think is the most important about it is for is for me the character building you know like I've I've mentioned I've played soccer my whole life and it wasn't until I'm what like 26 or so that I really ran into something that would really make me a man or at least uh kind of something that I was attracted to that was in, you know, that, that helped me build character, like his, his being involved in martial arts, has that developed you? Like, would you put an emphasis on it developing you as a person, like from where you were as a person before you started to where you are now?
1: Oh, 100%, man. Like between 18 and 22, man, like it's, or before that, like, I mean, I've always had just a, I guess I, I would say a temper per se, you know, yeah. it's was, it was nothing for me to fight. Like, it's, it's not Like, God knows, like, I, I don't know what my record is now as a professional. I'm about 63. But I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, like, 20-0 and 0 in street fight. And that's just <laughs> just in college. So we're not even talking about high school and middle school. Like, I've always, you know, gotten into education.
0: Did you bring that amateur 20-0 and 0 card into Spartan front desk when you first came? <laughs>
1: no, man, no, no that, that wasn't me, man. Like, I just showed up. Like, I signed up, yeah. I mean, you are gonna find out <laughs> if I can fight or not. I ain't gotta <laughs> tell you, but,
0: yeah. Uh, so,
1: helped me out a, a ton as far as my personality, man, the way I treat people, the whole nine. Because, like, what the biggest thing I learned is you never know what a person knows. Because back in the day, like I said, if you even like grazed me, look at me wrong, I probably would just slap you, or grab you, like it's whatever. But <laughs> going through training now, you see the different. Every it's all kind of walks of life in the gym, man. You never know what a person might know. Yeah. I was, Chris, I was like, man, I remember the first time I saw you. I was like, man, I'll beat the shit out, buddy. Did <laughs> I like, got the gym, and I was like, damn, he would have killed me if I tried. I'm glad I did what I was thinking. You know, so
0: yeah, uh,
1: it, it was definitely a humbling experience, man. Martial arts is, I, I recommend it to any and everyone. You don't have to compete, but I definitely recommend going to train. Um, kickboxing, boxing, jujitsu. Uh, any and any and all of, of, of those facets of the game, man, it it, it help you out I and mean, you'll be a better first sport.
0: Yeah. So you would say just it just the the main thing is it chilled you out and sort of humbled you as far as how you viewed other people.
1: Yeah, man, it, it 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 that and I also like like you were talking about earlier as far as like you know working hard, man. I always felt like you know you get you get in what you put out, you know what I'm saying. So and this sport is is very true. Like in football, I. There's games where I know I worked my ass off leading up to the whole season and in that game, and doing everything I need to do, and then we lose it on a, a field goal. Like, yeah. like God, goddamn, nothing I can do on that play, but we just lost on a field goal, you know. So once I got an opportunity, like, getting into MMA, and it's just you in the cage, so you have to hold yourself accountable. Like, I can't go out and – I can't post on Facebook, like, oh, I'm out here running these six, seven miles. Uh, I'm getting it in day, and I felt the fight time, and you look like, shit, so – like, you, there's no line, like, you gotta, it it made me become, you know, more self-aware and hold myself accountable,
0: you know, yeah. more so than I did in the past, so, yeah, man. Huh. Yeah, it's a big deal, I, um, I guess, on top of that, like, what, what is the difference between, I, I'm not comparing me to you, because I do think you have a little bit of an extra aggressive edge to you, if I could <laughs> put it that way, Uh, but what is the difference between somebody like maybe you and me who go into a gym, we get our ass kicked, and we have to come back, and somebody who goes in there, gets their ass kicked, and decides this isn't for me? Like, what what do you think the difference is there? Man, uh you want my honest answer? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> well, if my answer, man, I'm
1: like, if, if it it's a man, I'm gonna say you're a pussy. Like, <laughs> I do not want to come back and, and try to get back you know, running high, like. And then get on like social media and do some passive. Like I'm not a like I'm like a real in your face type of person, you know what I'm saying? So if I take a L some kind of way, I got to figure it out and come back to it, you know? So I yeah. feel like just people in general, like man, you can't. I don't know. I don't. I just don't understand. Like I don't understand the mindset to, oh, uh, man, it didn't work out. I'm gonna just quit. Like I, I just that don't even make sense to me. Like, I, like yeah, that's that's mind boggling.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it is.
1: I mean, but, but I, I, I man, like, honestly, I, I just don't know, man. Like I would just. I can't. I
0: couldn't answer that. Yeah. Yeah, because we're not like. Yeah, I. I was just wondering if you had any perspective on that, but I guess you're like me. You don't. You don't understand it, so you don't know. I mean, I've just seen so many people. Uh, I don't know his last name, and I doubt he'll ever listen to this. But remember that Drew kid that came in, that one time that y'all signed up for the Spartan athlete and beat him to death.
1: Yeah, man. See, like. All the people that come in talking like that, it, it, it typically never turns out well for them. They never show back up.
0: Yeah.
1: I told his buddies, oh, those guys are a bunch of assholes. Or, probably said, <laughs> you know, somebody. But, yeah, man, it never works out well for them,
0: man. Man, I describe that situation to people sometimes. And, like, they're just sitting there with their jaw dropped as if as if it's really that shocking that somebody could come in telling, you know, high-level professional fighters that they're gonna beat their ass and then they get their ass beat and mercilessly and then they don't come back like what do they expect there like wh- you know people sitting there being shocked at that story <laughs> it's like, how's that how is that surprising to you that that, that somebody got r- smashed in a place like that but yeah I, just
1: yeah that's crazy man
0: That kid came back the next morning, too. I remember going to jujitsu class the next morning, but I never saw him after that. I think he was so concussed that he didn't even, it was just, it was just a part of his, you know, regular schedulers.
1: His sister or girlfriend, and she actually recorded
0: it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like he actually had his sister or whatever come in and start recording
0: it. That's right.
1: Put three rounds in, and I saw her put a phone down. Yeah. (laughs) back out. I don't know what he thought he was going to,
0: what kind of footage he was about to get, but he uh, was keep press record. Yeah. Yeah, that, was, Good that time. was one of the most entertaining times that I, that I saw, because that was before I had joined the Wednesday night crew, and I had only been doing Saturdays, and I had repeatedly taken taken him down on a Saturday, and then he wanted to sign up for a Wednesday, and I'm like, dude, that is a bad, bad idea. Like you are you're routinely getting beat up by me, and you think you should show up and go against Omar and Eric and Elkins. Okay, go ahead. Go right ahead. Man,
1: you don't you don't know until you know, right?
0: Yeah. No, I don't even know if he knows now, though. That's that's the problem. I don't know if I, I think he might have he he might have just felt like he got run over by a car and not knowing what happened. So. That's a
1: strong possibility because that's that's what it it seemed like, us. I, if I'm not mistaken, it's like myself, Elkin, I think Vaughn was there, maybe Hoyt. Yep. I think Kirk was the only one that was like, come on, man. Yeah, stop.
0: Well, but, Eric Eric went with him, and that was the one where the dude was backing up like in figure eights all across in and out of every other partner group. They were just oh, – remember that? Eric was chasing him across the gym. There well, were <laughs> quite a few runners, man. I just seen he, quite a few. I, I just but running like that man that was incredible. I mean I I think he would just rotate around in a circle if you're running, but that was that was straight backing up all the way across the gym.
1: <laughs> hey man, I guess it was different when he was training in the backyard. Cause when he came in and told us about all the fights he had in the backyard with his buddies, like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's their fight style, man.
0: Maybe so, <laughs> maybe so, but yeah, um, so. One thing we do have in common is our crazy kids. Uh, do you yeah. do you plan on getting Kyler into martial arts?
1: Man, Kyler grew up in the gym so much that I don't think he even realizes that it's like in his bloodline. Like I haven't yeah. maybe maybe done maybe an hour or so worth of instruction with Kyler in his, you know, five and a half years down here, but he's always shadow boxing, kicking, punching. I guess <laughs> On the mat and just watch, you know, watch us, watch watch me coach and whatnot. But he always talks about he wants to fight. He plays the UFC 3 video game.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, nice. I really hope you don't fight. But I don't know, man. It might be the young Carson might be the fighter. Kyler, I don't know. He likes the shadow box and whatnot. I hope I, I would like like for him to do some jujitsu, you know, and learn how to defend himself.
0: But actually competing, I pray that he does. Really hope yeah. he does. <laughs> I don't want to go through that. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't know that I'd like my kids to be fighters either, but they're definitely going to train some jujitsu. Yeah, do. you have to defend yourself. Yeah, yeah. We've been we've been drilling twenty minutes every single day, and we've got that down as a little little routine now. So it's kind of fun to watch. Just kids, man. They're they're so impressive as to how they move. Like once they get something down, they learn it so fast. Like they're not stupid like us adults, and like. I don't know. I, I just know that new they adults.
1: They don't have notions, man. They don't have any like anything holding them back. They're literally sponges, so they don't have to. They're not trying to impress anyone right out the gate. They're, they're literally there to learn, you know. Also, as a, as an adult, when you're trying to learn something new. You're like, oh man, I look stupid, or oh yeah. man, I, right, uh, I'm just about to quit, you know, just things like that. But as a kid, man, like if as long as you, as especially as a parent, you have your kid as you know, getting
0: out there training and going out there trying and having fun, man, like they're going to pick it up over time and, and you know, you're, you're, the proof is at a foot you know, and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm super pumped to see where my kids go with jujitsu, just not because I, I don't really care to live through them vicariously or whatever, but it's, I just want, I, I don't know, since Kira was born, I just have loved watching like every little stage in her development, you know, just. Watching her learn how to crawl and walk and all that stuff. So to me, like watching her learn how to do jujitsu and stuff like that, it's it's a lot like that. Like it's just impressive to watch them develop. So it's you know I don't really give a shit if they're winning world championships or whatever. It's just it's fun to it's fun to watch them you know learn stuff like that. But yeah, man, maybe, it's real.
1: Dope. Like like just like I are saying, like just being a father, like just seeing those little those little moments, just watching. You know, looking back at it, then you, the older kids get, start so seeing like little things in your, like yourself and your kid, man. So yeah, no, it's definitely fun just watching them pick up different things and and, and, and watch them navigate life, man. It's pretty dope. Yeah, I, I can't wait till they get a little bit older it's like, you know, the world starts opening up and they have more cool. So that's, that's, cool, man. Yeah,
0: it really is. Would did you say that? I mean, I think you alluded to it already, but you would say that your kids have
1: chilled you out a bit um 100% man I, I, I definitely not necessarily chilled me out I, I've one I've had to learn how to turn off you know being super aggressive so yes I guess it chilled me out a little bit but man they helped me put a different you know perspective on life for the most part like I understand as there's, there's something bigger than me and it's not just you know that's something else after I leave here. you know like they have a life to live they're gonna have kids so everything I do at this point is just to make sure that they're well prepared and, and they don't drop the ball, you know, and they just continue to keep a good thing going. You know, I just want to make sure they're prepared in every, every facet of life, man. So I'm, I'm doing everything I can trying to acquire knowledge and, and dump it to my kids just so they can live a good life, man. It's just, that's my only, only care right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything like when it comes to raising your kids, is there anything you do where you're really intentional about it? Like, on a regular basis like I don't know if I have an example but um I mean for me for like for me I you know I grew up bouncing between houses and grandparents and mom and dad and all that so there was never like a there was never like a every day I saw the same sort of thing like you know so when it comes to my kids like I I don't know I try I try to, you know, I guess Leah will probably tell me, oh, you're, you know, you're not always affectionate enough or whatever, but, like, I try to, I try to hug on Leah, I try to do jiu with the kids, I try to make sure they know when I'm going to work out, I try to let them see me work, you know, when I'm working on stuff, like, just because I want them to have, like, an example of, like, their father having a focus or, like, you know, being intentional about the way I live, like, is there anything like that that you make sure you do, um, in order for your kids to see or. Man, I just, just, I just keep being me, man. Cause like, like you
1: said, it's those little things, they're little sponges. They're watching everything. And, and I know like the way I like to a- attack things, the way I, my work ethic, I really want them to be able to see that, you know, and I got, and now like ever since college, man, like I, I do a ton of read different things and whatnot. Um, I'm real intentional on that with books and finances and things like that. Like Kyler now, um, like man, we, we're working on giving him. Like we'll give him if he wants a toy or something like that. First off, I don't, I don't buy him toys or anything like that. I told him the only thing I need to provide is food, water, shelter, and and, and, and a, a good book. So he, yeah. he, I was like, you can get toys and other dumb stuff from, from other people. They gonna give you that anyway because they no one gives kids books anymore for some reason. So <laughs> I'm real intentional on making sure he, he understands the importance of reading being financial literate, like if he wants a toy after he, you know, gets, for every book that he reads, he gets money now. So if he wants a toy, he can go get buy his toy, but he's going to actually give the person the cash. They're going to give him his change. So he understands, like, you know, money and things like that and how to interact with people. So I'm really intentional with him, you know, watching me interact with other people and just doing this on a daily basis because I never saw any of that growing up, you know, so I had to learn that on the fly as an adult. Versus, if I had had these skills as a kid, God knows where I would be in life. So, and Kyler's way more of a people person than me. So, I can't imagine what he's gonna do.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I was just wondering because he's super. He's super smart. He, you know, I, even even me, who he barely knows, I've had some way too adult-like conversations with Kyler back like two years ago. So I can't even imagine what he's like now. I figure you, oh, yeah, you're yeah. able to talk to him about all sorts of things. Oh, uh, yeah, and, and there's always going to be another question
1: afterwards. So, and yeah. he's not It's not like, yeah, man, this is it, and that's that. No, he's going to ask the question on top of that. So, if you ask me the question, you better have your facts straight. Yeah. yeah. Now, if I don't know something, i am like, well, hold on, man. I mean, I don't know. I'll look it up, find out, and I'll get back to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, at least we live in age now where we can actually look it up. You know, back in the day, <laughs> Dad used to just make some shit up for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 100%. oh
1: say what no I said 100% man like oh, yeah. yeah like I don't I don't want him to be like you know get to the point where like, yeah Dan was full of shit on that one like, <laughs> like yeah you know. like I always tell him man, there's, there's nothing wrong with saying you don't know like just ask the question
0: yeah you Uriah know. man he, he is in the why stage like and I, I I've always heard parents say that oh kids always asking why well I Dude, every little thing is why, like, why, why, why? And it, I don't know, I thought only, I thought only uh, kids that weren't really articulate like he is would do this why thing, but he's asking why to everything, like, everything. I had to explain to him why I was doing this podcast with you, and then why, you know, after the explanation to that, and then I'm like, all right, dude, I gotta make something up here and just... Hopefully you get distracted because have I
1: don't you, have. A, but ask him questions.
0: Ask him questions.
1: Yeah, I like uh-huh. to Kyle, but If you start asking me too many questions, I ask him a question. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, you figure it out.
0: Come back to me. But well, I, I, my only, pro, I do ask Uriah a lot of questions, but my my thing with Uriah is that he will actually answer my questions, uh, with a question himself. And I'm like, dude, you you need to stop at you need to stop asking me questions when I need an answer to something. It's like just stop doing that. He's gonna be a
1: uh, he's gonna be a hell of a negotiator, man. <laughs>
0: he's yeah. I I don't know. I, I like I haven't
1: I haven't seen Uriah since he was a baby. Like he didn't, you know, he wasn't even talking when I when I yeah. left.
0: Oh, he's talking Better now, man. He don't shut up, and he's always he's always fighting with Kira. Like, they're either best friends hugging on each other, or they're fighting about something. And it always goes, always goes to him getting so angry. He's like, you little bitch! And I'm like, you cannot <laughs> call your sister a bitch. You can't do this. Uh, you can't you know. do that, man. You <laughs> can't do it. He just gets so angry, and I just laugh at him because I'm like, I – I ain't going to get angry at him in response, but I got to come up with – I got to be creative with the consequences, but it is what it is, man. It's not really good. big on – like, like for, for Kyle, whenever he gets in trouble now, like, I don't
1: – like, we're not – I mean, sometimes, like, as far as thinking, I know people have different rules as far as that, but, like, I don't know if you remember, like, the kids' class, what we would do with the kids, we actually we make go do wall sit. Yeah. That, that, that's Kyle's thing, if he – if he's getting too unruly or get out of hand, like man, you want to sit on the wall? You want to hold the wall up for a little
0: while? No, sir. Yeah. But
1: think about yeah, that. Yeah, that's
0: a good one. That is a good one. I need to re. I I, ha- I I feel like I used to do that early on with like Kira, but I need to bring that back. I Need to yeah. resurrect the ball set. Get the arms strong. Yeah. Yeah. Get the workout in, and
1: we get a l- l- little bit of a little bit of punishment. And I just talk to him while we're sitting there. You know, what I'm saying while he's doing that, and I'm like, "Do well, you understand why you're doing this?". And you know, whenever I, like we chastise him, or you know something goes wrong, uh, he does something wrong, and then for his punishment, we explain why we're doing what we're doing, taking away different things and whatnot. But Carson is the, the, the one-year-old. He's gonna be the he's gonna be my hellion, man. Like he he gives he's the angry one. Uh, he yeah. slaps, he pulls stuff. Like he's real aggressive, super strong. Uh, he <laughs> looks like Caleb, acts like me, and vice versa. That's how Kyler is. That's
0: he looks funny. like me, like Caleb. That's funny, man. Yeah, no, we need to get down there and see you guys because uh, I know that you, and Kira, even though I'm, like, pretty sure they keep forgetting who you are, they do bring you up. And uh, we need to come see you guys at some point. But uh, are you guys – so you're going to stay in Mobile? Uh, like, is that your thing uh-huh. for the future?
1: Realistically, probably so, man. And it's, it's really more just like a business decision. because um, yeah. – I logic on it like the cost of living is really cheap. It's right by the water. Um, this is home is Houston's, which is Kayla's home. It's only like six, seven hours. So man, and the, the moves that we're making right now, I, we don't really feel like we have to necessarily move to another location. Yeah. Because we're in, investing in real estate, you know, stocks, things along those lines, and basically freeing up our time where we'll be able to come and go as we please, regardless of where we call home. So that's really yeah. where we're at with it right
0: yeah, I was, Mobile, I didn't have a great experience there, but I think that's because of the school I was going to, and the life stage I was at, but it was always, a, at least it was a fun night out, I have to say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> back in the yeah. day when I was into such things.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't we don't, we don't, uh, we don't do that too, like, too often anymore, man, like, it's very rare, like, I might get get together with a couple of buddies and go, you know, meet at a restaurant on, like, a Thursday, but. Well, <laughs> we have going on right now. We yeah. meet up on Thursday, watch a little sport, you know, have a beer or two. Then I just go home around like ten thirty, eleven. Nothing crazy, you know. But that's that's about as far as it goes for me, man. Other than that, I I just sit at home, watch fights, uh, read a book, man. That's pretty much it. Or grill. That's that's my other. Uh, grill.
0: That's the good life, man. That's the good life for sure. Yeah, um, well, dude, we got. 50-something minutes into this, and we haven't even brought up anything to do with the goings-on in the world right now, but, like, how has this bullshit that we're dealing with right now affected, like, you guys as a family, your training, your work? Is it, is there, I mean, have you guys just kept on going, or has it been affecting you guys at all? I mean, some people have lives that it doesn't really affect at all, but.
1: Man, it did, and it it did did so Prior to COVID, you know, right after Carson was born, Kayla, she, she had, a, had a nine-to-five job, and she she hated it. So I called her, and I was like, man, you gonna keep on going in, or or you know, or what? She was like, I can't just quit. I was like, why can't you? And she was like, what? I was like, if you don't like it, quit. Like, you make, and I literally broke down how much she made per hour and how much she makes in a day. I was like, I guarantee you, whatever you make per day, I can go find it and make it elsewhere. And I was like, just quit. And she quit her job. She's been home ever since, man. And, um, so, as far as how COVID has affected directly with my job, you know, I'm a uh, sales consultant, you know. So, I'm pretty much out in the field and I really work from a phone to iPad. So, I had to work home, work from home a good bit, you know, a lot of phone calls and whatnot. And, you know, college school was, they shut that down towards the end of the year and had all the kids at home. So, luckily, Kayla was off work. So, you know, take care of everything there on that end as far as training, man. It shut down the gyms and whatnot. So, uh, we couldn't get you know the quality training time that we accustomed to getting, in, like my partners and I. But we still did what we could, what we could, with everything that's going on, man. Like, like you said, it's, I think it's real fucking stupid. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're breaking up a bit. No. You there? What about? Yeah. Shit. You got me? Yo
1: yeah can you
0: hear me now yeah i can hear you
1: okay okay yeah but now nah, you said it's
0: real fucking stupid bit. and then you started breaking up
1: yeah man it's just like the different little rules and stuff that they're making like just recently the one like just for example like last night man they said they're, they're shutting down bars they can't serve alcohol after 11 30 um because of the covet i was like what like what what are you talking about like so you gonna stop serving people at 11:30 so they can go? What? That don't even make. That has nothing to do with anything. So I don't. I think there's a lot of just dumb shit going on. There's a lot of misinformation. No one knows what's going on. It's just a whole lot of people throwing stuff against the wall hoping to stick. At this point, man, and you know, I, I, I'm not saying it's, it's not a thing. Not saying that you know there aren't people getting sick. But I'm just saying I don't think is what they're all they're, they're hyping it up to be. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like the numbers and whatnot that come out on a daily basis. We have seven thousand new cases. Well, let me ask you how many people were tested, you know. Yeah. Or the underlying issues behind that, you know. Oh, it's all I need eight, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I just and I just do what I need to do, man, and I stay out the way. But uh, as far as affecting us directly, man, um a lot of people, you know, it, it put a lot of people on the sidelines, but I look at it as an opportunity to, to make some stuff happen, man. I started trying to find different ways to the maneuver around this long recovery situation, you know, especially biggest thing that's going to hurt people is, you know, is financially. That's, that's, I'm saying the economic, the economic effect just for my job. I work with a lot of small businesses and, you know, there's people that, you know, moms and dads that literally took their last little savings and open businesses that uh, have to close their doors now because of, you know, different restrictions, different guidelines, people not coming in and spending money with them. So the only people that's really hurting from this are the, you know the smaller people you
0: know the middle and the lower class, so that that's yeah man it's that's a that's we're gonna spend another hour talking about that one, yeah, it's fucked up, man, it really is, and I don't know, I mean you probably i well i i uh quit being one of the uh interactors on the internet um basically two months ago, um and I decided to start doing this podcast just to have conversations with people because I just started to notice that pretty early on, and I'm the same way, but like people were not changing their minds about anything, no matter how many like 10 second little paragraphs that you can type out about facts on anything. Like people had picked their camp that they were going to be in. And after like the first three weeks or so, like, people were not changing their minds and I was just getting more and more frustrated. So, I mean, kind of like you're saying that, uh, you know, making the most of it and using them stuff, you know, creating opportunities for yourself. I just figured it would be better to have a podcast. And I mean, I, you know, I'm, I've done, this would be like 14 or 15 and I've released 10. Hopefully this one will be 11 and I, you know, I'm doing other things out, you know, that people don't have to see, you know, and, um, just trying to be as productive as possible you know but like the right. whole the whole covid thing it's crazy like it, it's really crazy how as if we needed to be more divided uh how, how much division that it's created i mean there's people that i i mean i hate to say this but like there's people that i genuinely don't want my family to be around because of their views on some of this stuff because I'm like, if shit hits the fan, like, there's no way I want my family to be around people I can't trust, you know? And what so, it? it's crazy. It's crazy how, the, in in a weird way, this COVID thing to me has brought out, like, you know, it made made it clear who, who's in my camp, like, as far as who I can trust and who I can't. Right. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people I, I can't trust. Um, right,
1: I mean that's and that's, that's 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 the sucky thing about this whole situation. Like you said, it's created so much division, man. And the problem is, the thing is, like especially for for us in general and the people for the middle, the lower class. I mean, you got your higher up and whatnot. Like I don't think division is the way that we need to be addressing things right now. I think us coming together is the way to fix all the problems. But with the things that's going on and so many different people with different viewpoints, and like you said, you can you can say whatever you need to say, give them all the facts, the numbers, whatever it may be, and they're still going to literally bit denied and call oh, you crazy or whatever it may be. So, like yeah. me, like, like like you said, like you stopped interacting with people like two months ago on social media, like you know me, I've never been like a big social media president anyway. Because, yeah, I, never. I we're gonna have a conversation. I want to sit down in front of you and we can look each other in the eye that way. There's no nothing, nothing being said, like you ain't gonna have time to go back and think about it. No, I want to talk to you right here and there, look in your eye, and we're gonna find out what's going on then and there. So I just yeah. stay. I, little away from social media, especially during these times, because the amount of the amount of doctors and uh, people—it's it's just all kind of stuff on
0: social media right now, man. I'm just—I'm like, I'm done with it. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, it's—it's. It's, I just do what works for me and my family, and I mean, I'm not gonna—I don't know. I've—I've I've learned how to be healthy through researching on my own, and I don't know how many years of right. researching on my own will equate towards an expertise, but. I know that there's plenty of experts out there who I am way healthier than and who have not helped as many people as I have by, you know, suggesting things to people. So, uh, That's it, you know, man. I, I
1: like, it, how many how many news posts have we seen about that, talking about, hey, how you can boost your immune system, how you can their answers put on a put on a mask, wear, wear a piece of a sheet over your face. Are you uh, fucking kidding? Like you have certain and <laughs> Like the people that test for this disease have on full hazmat suit, but I can only wear a, a piece of cloth over my face. Like that makes that, and then they, I, I don't know, see, it gets me riled up every time, man. Like every rep. Yeah. I had him the other day to buy some Roger Reels, and Connor was with me because we bought him his reel. And I was walking in, the guy was like, Hey, do you have your mask? And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry, man, I don't have one with me. He's like, Well, here you go. And I was like, Okay, uh, can I? Let me get one for my son too. He's like, Oh, he's under 10, he doesn't need it. I was like, so that doesn't sound stupid to you.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I gotta wear this mask, but he's gonna be walking with me in the same <laughs> location And they to go get in the car together. Like we live together. But like I was like, that don't sound stupid, but hey man, will hey go ahead and give me a mask anyway. I'm gonna put it on his face just so you feel good about your job.
0: Oh man, and I was it's... Like, yeah, I wanna wear a mask. I was like, because <laughs> Uriah had his Spider-Man mask on the other day. It's like he's like, Dad, this is stupid.
1: hundred <laughs> percent, man.
0: Uh,
1: 100%. It's hot shit, man. We live in the south. I can't be walking around in in, in the middle of the fall with uh, a damn N95 mask on, man.
0: I know, man. I know it's dude. There's so many things. I mean, we li- like you said. We could literally spend an hour. But I think that's what boggles my mind is that. People will will literally ignore all of the stupid little things, and they'll be like, "Well, I'm just gonna listen to the doctors." I'm like, "Well, which which ones?" Well, I'm gonna listen to the doctors, you know, not these conspiracy theorists. And I'm like, "Yes, breathing fresh air and not putting a mask over your fence, face is now a conspiracy." Like, like uh. numbers, <sighs> <laughs> man. But the third leading cause
1: of deaths in the united states is misdiagnosis by doctors. i think people oh, yeah to look at it. Yeah, oh, yeah like even cost and then the same people that have this mask on like immediately following this mask they go consume all type of processed food smoke a smoke a, uh, a pack of squares you know what i'm oh, saying no. knock it back with a knife and then cover my face up with a mask like
0: dude i have
1: to
0: say. i've been in america now for 23 years That whole time, my stepdad has been a doctor. He's seen tens of thousands of patients, and uh, two years ago, coming up in November, he called me, and he said, hey, man, I just wanted you to know that thank you for being on our asses about this diet stuff. Thanks for, you know, teaching us about how to eat properly. Um, You know, I've been able to taper off my thyroid medication and, you know, it's helped our family, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, then why is this not a focus right now? You know, like this, this like, if, if doctor who's been a doctor for 20 something years is thanking me, the non-expert, the internet researcher, how to, you know, is thanking me for teaching them how to eat, then, you know, that just says a lot for the medical just, just the uh the culture and the education that they get because that should that's just like and then how are you going to trust that authority then how are people going to be like i'm going to trust my doctor i'm like okay well yeah. you know have your donuts and you know never exercise enjoy yeah all power too
1: you know but it, i guess it all of those <laughs> you know self-education as well man it comes down to people not hold themselves accountable. Like, you know, right. my spouse, like you, you like to, instead of, you know, just taking everything that someone tells you, you're going to, you're going to question it, which is what I think you should do. Question things and then go find your answers. And yeah, that way, yeah. you know, A is full of shit, or if you need to make the, you know, pivot and go the other direction. But the problem is so many people now are just, we are just come down to it. I mean, but this is, just this is the way in. People are just lazy individuals and they rather have everything handed to them and just, they'll take, what they see on Fox Fox News at ten o'clock is like it's the holy grail. In actuality, these are other people just voicing their opinions, and there's no yeah. facts. them. if you actually pull up the information and look at it for yourself, you realize that they just they're full of shit. So, but that, I mean, that would take a little bit of time and thought, you know. It's, it's way easier
0: just, you
1: know. Scroll I think that's and share a stupid
0: ass somebody. It seems like we're primed as a culture at this point for for exactly what's going on, like where we can be the most easily manipulated as a, as a society because of exactly what you're talking about. Like we're so primed to want like the meme version or the cliff notes version of a book or the, the trailer instead of the full movie, like the, the title instead of the full article. Like we we're just primed for that kind of laziness that now people can get on the freaking TV and give us, little tidbit on you know whatever they think needs to be done and people are just all over it you know and then you've got you know you couple that with the tribal nature of politics and people are like oh well trump's now wearing a mask so we gotta wear the masks i'm like yeah all right you know just why are we not why are people not thoughtful you know i mean i don't know i don't know like i said like you said man we could talk about this for an hour but we're getting on there um I guess with that in mind, are there going to be ma- is there masks required? What are the restrictions this weekend at your fight?
1: Um, so as far as the fight, man, they're doing everything you know, necessary to guidelines. You know, um, I talk to promoter pretty much like once or twice a week, and and he's kind of in the same viewpoint as as we are on the whole situation. But he has to, you know, he he's, he un- he's understanding and knows that there are people that that do think is you know in the next end the end of the world or whatever it may be. So Um, As far as the seating and whatnot, man, they're doing, you know, table seats. Um, The tables will be spaced, I think you said, between six and eight feet apart. Um, There can only be groups of eight, so you can't sit with, uh, there won't be individual ticket sales. For example, like, you know, if I wasn't fighting, I couldn't just walk up and get a ticket. I have to come in with a group of eight or sit at the table with that group of people, you know. So uh, Uh, that's kind of keeping everything down. There will be, like, you know, hand sanitizers um, available, stations and whatnot. Um, the only time that you would have to wear a mask is if you're going to the concessions or restrooms. Other than that, like you don't really have to wear a mask, or whatever it may be. Um, and then as far as the fighters, we're heading down early Friday. We have to get tested. Um, they have us in like hot- separate hotels. And once I get there, I'm not going to be able to leave or do anything until the fight. They're busting us over to the fight, whatnot. not kind of similar to what the UFC is doing uh, with their protocol uh, for the most part. So he's doing everything necessary to, you know, Ensure that it's good, clean fun, and everybody's gonna have a good time, and it's safe for for the people that you know are focused on being
0: covered free. I guess. Yeah, give me that COVID. I don't give a shit. Um. (laughs) So, so then, how do I? How do this is probably not great podcast material, but how do I? How do I get a ticket, then, dude? What do I do to be? Uh, I mean.
1: Oh man, uh, you. you, I mean, as far as the ticket, man, we have the tickets. just holler at me or Kayla wants to finish everything, man. We'll get it sorted out. It's not a problem.
0: Um okay, but other- so I, I won't have to – like, you are, You guys have – you 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 have, like, groups of eight or whatever, and I'll just sit with whoever's there with you, like, for you.
1: So, like, we, like we bought the individual tickets. I mean, we bought the table, so you just pay for, like, the – just pay us the portion for the ticket, and then we'll, we'll okay. throw it in. Yeah, just like that. So that's how we, we're doing it in order to you know, try to do a little something. But apparently all the tables are sold out
0: according to ticketmaster so man i don't know it should be pretty interesting i'm looking forward to it. oh nice sweet man yeah okay well i'll be there but i'll i connect with kayla about that and later, leave off you and keep your mind clear um uh, yeah, smash it's- some people yeah but yeah well hey um yeah i just wanted to get i wanted to get you on here before you had this fight and uh i definitely would love to have you back on again and talk about some other real life stuff um Cause you're you're one of my favorite people and most most uh educated people that I know. I'm always asking you, um, well, actually, let me ask you, what are you reading right now?
1: Yeah, still a lot of lot of re- real estate books, man. Uh, uh
0: yeah, same uh, stuff like that, same
1: stuff, man. Um, I'm actually reading a good a book. Gonna put a good amount of books on uh, um sales process. I've been learning about sales negotiations. But one of the more interesting books, I just, I actually ordered it yesterday. Um It's it's a book called The Miseducation of a Negro. Um, so that's mm. the, one of the, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to start reading, man. I really What's that like, about? So, so basically, man, it talks about, like, for example, like, you know, your family lineage, you know, like, you mm-hmm. know, where you come from, your people, most, you know, most majority of people do, but minorities, on the other hand, don't, like, I really, outside of my granddad, that's about as far as I know that you know, that's just not something that minorities know about, so this book Miseducation of a Negro pretty much goes in the detail, like, you know, more so the history of black people that's not taught in schools, like, I mean, mm. if you, were, you were in the school system, and you know, for February, for three weeks, they'll talk about you know, Martin Luther King, Frederick Douglass, you know, the same five, six black people they talk about every, every year, but there's so much more out there that just myself and a lot of minorities don't know about, so I'm trying to read up on that, man. I am reading a lot of books on financial literacy, you know, just learning about taxes and, you know, things along those lines. Just trying to basically put put, put myself and my family just change the bloodline, man, because, you know, being a minority in America is, is not the easiest thing, and it's easy. I could easily be one of those people that, you know, play the victim and say the, the man's holding me down, the uh, white man can do this for me and all that bullshit. But, I'm, I, like I said, I'm, I'm more of a hold myself accountable and how can i put myself um in front of the line so man i'm been doing a lot of reading just trying to educate myself and pass that information on to my friends my buddies my kids man so that's pretty much where i'm at but we could definitely have a podcast about books man that's i'm all yeah about.
0: Dude. yeah well once you get this fight out of the way we'll have you back on we'll talk all about stuff like that because that that sort of stuff really interests me um especially now nowadays the whole Uh, all the different stuff, the race stuff, all that kind of interesting stuff that we're going through as a world. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah. what, uh, so one of the, one of the things I've been trying to do, um, I'm going to catch you off guard here probably, but I like to end my podcast with a potential embarrassing story that my guest has had in their life, uh, just in case somebody has literally fallen asleep for the first hour and they woke back up and they just need a little <laughs> laugh. Um, is there anything particularly embarrassing that's happened to Omar Johnson in, in all these years you've been walking the earth?
1: An embarrassing story,
0: man. Oh, come on oh, now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, there's probably a few of them, man, but I'm trying to think the, the most embarrassing i don't know it, it uh, well uh it's just been fourth grade fourth grade man my good friend we're still friends day. he's my he's my real estate agent that we work. i work with uh but it ain't ellis foster my first day of school man so a lot of people look at me and like i look kind of passive at the time i guess and i had a roller book bag and i used to wear penny loafers. that was my thing to wear <laughs> don't ask me why i had a roller book bag and, and why i wore penny loafers but i thought it was cool at the time
0: uh, must have been my, loafers.
1: Yeah, and I had a, I actually had a penny in my loafers, and uh, I thought I looked cool, and I walked up there, man, and, like, this big group, like, they're all my friends now, and I try to, like, introduce myself, and they all start making fun of me and whatnot, and mm-hmm. then, and then the guy that's, like, my good friends, he's like, man, you look real lame, and then he just slapped me. <laughs> and and I was like, what? And I had never been slapped before, and that was one of the most embarrassing moments of my, like, at the time, <laughs> I was like, bro, you look so lame, you had a roller book bag and penny loafers. I just had to smack him. so that was probably one of my worst hilarious. Friends. And we've been friends. I chased him the whole school day, and I wound up catching him after school, and I beat him up, and we've been friends ever since.
0: But
1: <laughs> nice. that school I'm afraid, was the most embarrassing moment that I could think of off the top.
0: Perfect. Perfect. But well, cool, man.
1: a no, uh, rolling book bag in a while, though, so.
0: Hey, you should you should bring it back for the, for the fight this weekend, you
1: know. No, no, man.
0: I, gotta get nah, nah, I can't do that, man. <laughs> Roll up with your gear, man. Go
1: down immediately because I I'm instantly think I'm 10 years
0: old again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, hey, man, uh, good luck this weekend or best of skill or whatever the appropriate thing is to say. Uh, I will hopefully be there. Um, and, yeah, enjoy, man. Just enjoy it. It's, it's uh, obviously one of the most – exciting things you can really do, which is probably why you keep doing it. So
1: Yeah man, it's it's dope, man. And like I said, I am I'm glad you you can make it down and I really enjoy myself on the podcast, man. Change with to have a good conversation.
0: Um, yeah man. Thank you for so much for coming on for sure. Yeah
1: man. Anytime I'm right. looking forward to the next one, part two.
0: Alright man, sounds good. Well hey kill it this weekend man. Take care of yourself.
1: Alright brother, I see you man. Thanks again. Alright see you man. Later.